The following presentation by Taylor Fragon Capital Management LLC is intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from Taylor Fragon or any other investment professional of your choosing. Please see additional important disclosure at the end of this presentation. A copy of Taylor Fragon's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at www.taylorfragon.com. Hello again. It is time for episode 81 of the Long Only Podcast. Jerry, how are you doing? I was going to say I'm Jerry, but you already said that. I'm well. I'm and well. you're Jerry. And I am Jerry. Here. Well, you're well, you're Jerry. I'm Doug. And Jerry... We continue our march towards finding the perfect background for me. So What's Doug the, is in our Hall of Fame right now. I'm, uh, Those of you who have really good eyes can see there is a Harvard University degree in the background. That is not Doug's or mine's. <laughs> or Doug's or mine. I don't want the Harvard degree right now. So right now, yeah, we pro- we thought about hiding that, but then I said, no, that's from another era. What makes it even harder though today is next to him is a Harvard seal for the MBA that our namesake Dick Taylor earned at Harvard, and it says Veritas. And I'm saying, is it possible today to put Veritas and Harvard in the same sentence? For those of you that don't know Latin, what does Veritas mean, Doug? Truth. Truth. All right. We'll leave that alone. Just check the headlines. Check the we're headlines. Talking, yeah, you know what we're talking about. If you have been asleep for the last few days, uh, you're going to have to go back and look at the headlines from yesterday or the day before. Ivy League degrees aren't worth what they were three months ago. And three months ago, they weren't worth what they were worth 20 years ago. So, Well, and considering that, I think that degree is from 1950-something. So... Yeah, definitely isn't worth what it was worth back then. Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. All right. And this week, we're going to get to, we're not really going to do a market market commentary so much because, you know, those things are only necessary so often. Look at the market, see what it's doing. We're going to talk about suffering this week. Right, Jerry? Catholic topic. Yes, suffering. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about suffering. There is a suffering component in the market these days, isn't there? Uh, you know, this this ties into things we've talked about many times, and I'm going to tie it into risk. I think there's this unfortunately misunderstood aspect of any kind of an investment, or for that matter, any business endeavor. There has to be an element of risk; otherwise, it doesn't it doesn't work. If if it were so easy as to be right all the time, then almost by definition. I mean, that's not possible. It's basically inflation. If, it, if it's just, if there's no risk, all it is is just the value going up more or less artificially. Um, and it's, it's meaningless. Well, it's not possible. I mean, it's, it, so the way investors are successful over time is to endure periods of suffering. And Lord, you know, we've had a, a period here for the last couple of years that's been pretty rough. We just commented on in our, in our core growth strategy, we've seen seven times the same sort of bottom level hit 
which I, I'm going to say is unprecedented in my career of almost 40 years. I, I, I don't recall a period where we had that type of activity where it would, you know, seven times virtually bouncing off of roughly the same level. Uh, I, I guess the technical people would say that's one heck of a bottom being built. Let's hope it is. Um, some, some might say building a base, Jerry. Some might say building a base, Doug's favorite phrase. Um, but the point is, is this, has been a, this has been a period of, of, of suffering with respect to watching portfolio values. I, I will interject in, in that, that if you just ran a business, which we always talk about, and you know our namesake, Dick Taylor, whose references to Harvard are right behind Doug's head, uh, would say all the time, it's about business. Make decisions based on business, not markets. Um, if, if you're thinking in terms of business, you don't necessarily, first of all, you don't really care on a day-to-day, let alone second by second. You don't even necessarily care on a year-to-year basis what the value of your business is. You're just trying to run your business and you're focused on your business. If you had to look at the value of your business, you'd probably freak out. Same thing, same kind of comment that I've made about people if they had to look at the value of their home or the real estate holdings on a regular basis, like a second by second basis, which some people do do. You know, they check the value of their portfolio every day. I've said many times that I think the industry has really done a disservice in many ways by giving this 24 7, 365, second by second, millisecond by millisecond tick of every move of people's portfolio values. Because to reiterate uh, another common phrase we've, or statement we've made is, are you going to let 1% of shareholders value your portfolio at every given moment um, or any, every given day at least? The answer is no. Are you going to let somebody else come and tell you what your business that you own completely, if you did own a business, is worth on every day? You're not going to do that. You're going to ignore that. It's noise. But this, it's, it's, it's almost as if there's this required suffering that you have to go through in watching these values and you only make it worse, frankly, by being like that, by watching the values every single day. Um, And I'm telling you, this makes for, and we've seen it, we've seen it, never name names, but we've seen it in, in clients who have made very bad decisions because they get so hung up on what's happening on a day-to-day basis. And even if that, especially when that's been going on for now, two years, that seems like a, like forever in the investment world. That's, a nanosecond, really. It is. It should be. It should be. You should, you know. And so, with but but without that suffering, there's no way you can have reward on the other side. Uh, there's there's an old Zadig Zadig. <laughs> I was going to say an old adage, and you'll know why I said it that way in a minute. There's an old adage that um, if you don't zig when the market zags, and vice versa. There's no way you can ever be in a position to do better than the market. And that's what any, any active investment strategy is trying to do is to do better than the market and sticking to the discipline, living through those suffering periods, knowing that it's going to be there and just accepting it um, is, 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 a, is, part of, is part of the recipe for, for success. Ultimately, if you succumb to that, then it, it is – it is the only recipe to success because if you succumb to the opposite, then you're not in the game anymore. And I thought you know, long and hard that there are certain personalities of folks that you know maybe shouldn't be involved in the investment, you know, in the investment world 
and and I, I actually I think I think that's wrong. I think um, the the only ultimate mistake is to not be involved in, in some form, because then you're really relegating yourself to the to Doug's point earlier whatever the vagaries of inflation are, which inflation has been with us for so long now in the world of what we call fiat money, where it's, it's purely the guessings of the central bankers that are determining value of money. Um, yeah. So you're, you're leaving yourself subject to that completely. And, and a great example, and we'll probably need to get into this more is the, happenings in Argentina, anybody who's paid attention to the big political upheaval that's happened in Argentina, where for over, well, for, for, yeah, I I think it's safe to say for sure over 80 years or the, 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 the socialist government there in Argentina has absolutely destroyed the country and, and beginning with the, the destruction of their currency where in, inflation has been running like 30 some odd or 330 some odd percent. Um, 40% of the population lives in, in poverty. Uh, in, in a country that was once in the top 10 of economies in the world a hundred years ago, it was an envy of the world for its vast resources just goes to show that just because you have resources doesn't mean that you're going to be successful. Things can be messed up. So getting off a little bit of the topic of suffering, but without, some might call it the California of South America. <laughs> uh, let's not. Let's hope not. Um, but uh, without the ability to absorb difficult periods of time, success is virtually impossible. So let's leave it there. I think that's that's a that's a it's it's not so much a market related message today, but it it is a it is a I think a solid message that uh, that folks understanding it. And, and and adhering to, you know, the 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 way that we would suggest that you live through that, which is to just take a breath, be centered, be still, let these periods pass, be focused on business, you'll you'll come out okay. Actually, I think ultimately you thrive. Constant sunshine makes a desert. So, all right. Next up, we are going to do our. Personal finance tip of the week. Jerry, it's an oldie, but a good week. Goodie. Quit buying expensive coffee. I like that. Yeah, most this is particularly geared again to young people. We've talked about my favorite savings plan and things like that. Um we hear a lot with younger people when we say you need to save. I, I like the rule of thumb fifteen percent of your of your gross outside of 401k retirement plan type stuff, you know, company sponsored savings plans, 15% of your gross. And you go, Oh, I can't possibly do that. You know, inflation is so bad and it costs so much to live. Ah, yeah. Okay. Well, so what are you doing for lunch every day? Now go down to the deli and you spend nowadays, what, like 20, 25 bucks for a sandwich, a Coke and, you know, bag of third full chips. <laughs> um, you know, you pay, you pay six bucks for your latte. Um, I mean, you start adding that up over, over, and, and this isn't something we invented by any means. In fact, someone else, and I can't remember who it was, so I can't give them credit for it, but we're not going to take credit for it. We're just simply repeating something I've heard, not something we didn't know, but something that I heard recently that I think is worth repeating 
that most young people spend so much money on those kinds of ridiculous things. You can, you, you can make a sandwich for pennies, <laughs> you know, go buy the bread, go buy the lunch meat, go buy the cheese, whatever you want, mayonnaise, mustard, pickles, all that stuff. And, and put a sandwich together for pennies. Um, you know, if you have to have latte and I, and, and I, I will admit I'm a new fan of coffee based product and drink coffee for 55 years. And you relate to the game. So I developed a taste for it. You know, you spend some money on an espresso machine. They're not cheap, but once you do that, it pays for itself over and over and over again. Cause it's cheap to make an, an espresso. Um, when you do it, do it yourself. So that's a, I think that's something that a lot of young folks and, and then take those savings and invest and save it. Use our savings plan uh, to, to, you know, to put that money aside. Uh, simple, easy thing that someone can do if they're really paying attention. And you will save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a year for sure by avoiding those kinds of things. And that's not to say that you don't have your fun and go out and, you know, have a have a lunch every now and then, but not every day, you know, probably not even every, every week, you know, um, you know, enjoy yourself perhaps on the weekend and, and, you know, buy yourself a, 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 an inexpensive dinner somewhere or something like that, you know, take your girlfriend out for a, on a date. That's nice. But too many people, I think, especially young people just you make really bad decisions with respect to what they do on a day-to-day basis with their money. And they could, they could, they can eat relatively expensively, excuse you know, me, inexpensively. Sorry. What's, what's even better is if you're so frugal, so disciplined that you're content with Folgers and a drip coffee maker every morning. <laughs> Let's not go that Such far. As I'm not suggesting a, that you can't still be a snob like I am. This, this um, is one area where I hold complete sway over you. I've bested you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely not. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, it's true. I didn't drink coffee until maybe three years ago. I'm I like old. to think I was an influence in that. So we weren't. Well, not at all. Like, I think I, I like to think I did it. All of a sudden, it just kind of was like, yeah, you know, I kind of like that. But I'm definitely a snob. It's got to be good. I think that uh, coffee is one of the best things to be into because it's available everywhere, and it makes you feel good and uh, it's not bad for you. So it's like if someone could wave a wand and take away my junk in it. Yeah, exactly. It's the junk you put into it. But I'm happy with black coffee. I don't care. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Maybe you some, know, some steam milk. Well, steam. No, steam. milk. Okay. One of the purgative aspects of producing your own content is, especially if it's video or, audio is you get to hear and see all your ticks. I've said for years that I talk like Bob Newhart on meth. And I've also noticed during all our transitions, I say, all right. So I'm not going to say, all right, this time I'm going to say, okay, that should, that should solve it. There you go. Okay. So now we're going to get to our investing topic of the week. And we were going to phrase it one way, but I decided to phrase it another because Jerry had an idea and I said, Jerry, I can do better than that. So the question is, it's, a, it's investing because it's going to lead, lead to on some investing avenues. But what do I do with all my cash, Jerry? So this is going to cover a potentially wide range of things, uh, 30,000 foot view. And the first place to start is get, 
is something that can kind of be thought of as near cash, depending on what kind of bond it is. But what's a bond? Bond is an IOU. There you go. Okay, next segment. <laughs> All right, next segment. It is. It's 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 simply an agreement to uh, if you're the one that's 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 borrowing the money. So you're the issuer of a bond. It's you're issuing an an an, an uh, or the, let me rephrase that. If you're the one that's borrowing the money, the lender is issuing you the funds and you're giving back to them a certificate that tells them that, they, that you owe them. They give you 500 bucks and you're writing a note that says, I owe you $500 plus an agreed upon interest payable every six months, let's say um, with a ter- termination date or a due date of five years. And on that fifth year, I'm going to pay whatever interest I owe and the money back. That's a bond. And it can be issued by corporations. It can be issued by municipalities. It can be issued by the federal government. It's called treasury bonds, treasury notes, treasury bills. And that's just a function of the maturity. A bond is a maturity over 10 years. A note is is one to 10 years. And a a bill is less than a year. Leading to what should you do with your cash? Well, Assuming this is cash, we're setting aside investment now. This is just the cash portion. If you used my savings and investment plan, it's the half that you're putting, not putting into the long-term investment. You're not putting into your you know, stock mutual fund or whatever. Or for that matter, it could be, well, let's just keep it simple. It's not what you're investing, quote unquote. Um, that should be put in something that is invested in short-term bonds, which are short-term IOUs like treasury bills, um, which today uh, is the first, it's really the first era since, gosh, you know, nineties era, certainly. Yeah. Nineties where the difference between what you can get at the bank and what you can get in say a money market mutual fund, one which invests in short-term notes, short-term being less than a year, in fact, I believe by definition, the average maturity in any money market mutual fund by regulation is 270 days. That's what I understand as well. So it's rare. It's very liquid. Um, and you're, you know, in today's market, you're getting four and a half percent. Now that's not going to last. It's, it changes literally every day with whatever current interest rates are doing. You know, we all know, and we've talked at, at length about the Fed has been raising interest rates and that's directly affected short-term rates on, on short-term notes like treasury bills that are three months, six months, nine months, a year. Um, but for now you can take advantage of getting that rather than leaving it in the bank. And I think you know, if you're even getting paid in, you're in a checking account, which is rare or, or even savings accounts at banks are a fraction of, of the money market rate. So we're in a period similar to where we were like, you know, like in the eighties when, uh, you know, money market for mutual funds became very popular because they were paying significantly more during that in the seventies. It really started in the seventies when they were paying considerably more than what a bank account was getting. So we're nothing like what that was in the seventies, by the way, I think I remember money market rates getting to like 17 and 18%. 
again, it didn't last, but it was there for, for a while. And rather than have your money earning virtually zero in a bank, you, you buy a money market mutual fund and, and it's liquid. And, 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 and frankly, it's, it's, it's largely what grew. I believe Merrill Lynch was the first company to do the money market checking account tied to an actual money market fund where you could have your checking account set up where I was earning those kinds of, of, of rates um, and be accessible by check. The cash management account, the CMA account from Merrill was revolutionary in that way. And then everybody, you know, they all, they all came up with them. And actually now uh, they're not allowing that anymore. You can't buy, you can't use the mutual fund, a money market mutual fund as a check writing. They, they all figured that out and they created all their, their little bank deposit things, which you can write the check off the bank to buy, and it's back to getting a fraction. If you want to buy a mutual fund, a money market mutual fund that gets uh, the, the the good rate of return, and it's like the difference between a third of a percent and four and a half or five percent right now. You have to physically ask your broker to make a trade to buy the money market mutual fund. It's still very liquid, but it doesn't. You can't write a check off of it anymore. It At used least. to be, it was recently in my intimate experience with a discount brokerage that you, that money that's just cash sitting in these accounts would be invested in the money market fund. And now right. you've got to opt in by just, you know, either online or making a call and saying, I want to buy $10,000 of this right. money market fund. And it's their little way of, it's not a high hurdle, mind you, but they put in a little hurdle. So they're not, you know, giving away money the same It's a big enough way. hurdle because, and, and why did they do that for all of you folks that think you're getting free trades at all these brokerage firms? Guess again, that's how they get paid. So uh, they figured that out, but you and, can still, you can still, assuming it's savings that's not needed to be, have checks written off of it. And yeah, so it's, it's, it, they've, they've kind of gone backwards a little bit and made you do more legwork than they used to. Um, so some of the innovation has gone away. <laughs> well, but it's again, still, it, yeah. it's proof that what Thomas Sowell said is true. There are no solutions, only trade-offs. And Correct. with with these things, you're getting a lot of free services from discount brokerages, but you have to have your head on a swivel. And I know for the brokerage I'm most familiar with, they knew they were going to take some flack for doing this, but they just said, look, we make a lot of our money off interest. About a third of their money is made off of interest. And- they're going to do this, and if investors want to crow about it, they can. But they're getting their at this time the, free, the trades weren't free yet, but they were pretty close to it. So you know, everybody has done it now. Everyone's done it now. So discount, discount or not? Yep, you've got to have your head on a swivel. You've got to know how the people you work with are making money, um, and so you can. It, it's not hard to buy a purchased money fund or a money market fund and get a much higher rate of return on your on your money as opposed to. You know, 0.35% versus 5.35%. But you, you've got to be aware and you've got to take a few steps and take ownership. It, it's also worth noticing, noting that we talked about what to do with cash and we related it to bonds. There are some bonds that are not appropriate for cash or near cash uses, like well, high yield bonds, longer, junk bonds. Longer term maturities, yeah. as well as, you know, higher, you know, higher risk, say corporate notes or bonds, but keeping it simple, most money market funds are not playing in that. There aren't, they simply aren't. And I mean, virtually a hundred percent of money market mutual funds are not in that realm. They're just paying, you know, the sim similar to what any T-bill or, or very short term high quality corporate note would pay. 
and, and we should be say, we should say that we've framed this segment what to do with cash. A, a CD is another option, but generally speaking, I think the CDs require you to if you get to agree with the money for a specific period of time. For most people, the slightly lower interest rate you get on a money market mutual fund is is worth the flexibility. So, and a CD is really just another form of IOU. It's just an IOU to a bank. And they're actually a little less flexible. They have these brokered CDs, which you can't sell. But generally speaking, the the CDs are, are a little harder to, to get out of unless they're maturing. Correct. Uh, the only thing, and so yeah, a T bill or T bill is probably the better route. Frankly, I think now it's not that big of a differential in rate. And you, one thing it, that does make sense right now is if you know you're not going to use the money, you're certain you're not going to use the money for a year or six months is that you may want to lock that up right now because it looks like rates, the next move in interest rates, as we've said already, I think on the last podcast, I think the next move in interest rates is going to be down and it could be rapid and it could be sooner than most people are thinking. So it's not a bad time to be locking some things up on a a little bit longer term basis. assuming you don't need that money uh, anytime soon. That is one market favor of the CDs because you you are locking in that. Although I might add, especially if it's a T bill and you're buying a year, and we're right on the interest rates, you'll be able to sell it if you needed the money and, and, and make a little bit of money because as rates go down, those even even a one-year bill will have a little increase. All right. So that covers it on what to do with your cash. And I just said, all right, again. But my Matthew McConaughey impersonation continues. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are not, Matthew McConaughey. No, I'm not. Jerry, do you have anything that you want to say in closing? No. All right. So let's end it there. I think this is episode 81. Thanks for joining us. Check us out on YouTube. If you're listening to our podcast via iTunes or something like that, you can go see us if you want to. I don't know why you want to, but you can. Certainly an option there. And TaylorForgon.invest on Instagram. And of course, TaylorForgon.com if you want to find out more about our firm and what we do. And if you want to look up our mutual fund, it's TFCGX, TaylorForgon for growth fund. Until next week, I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. And I hope to see you again on the Long Only Podcast. Thank you for joining us.